welcome to another episode of the Rental Journal Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the equipment rental industry. I'm your host, Mark Simonson, and today's guest is Clint White. Clint has over 14 years experience in the dewatering industry and has had a variety of roles like dewatering technician, project supervisor, project manager, branch manager, depot manager, and today he's a sales specialist at National Pump and Energy. Earlier this year, Clint was actually a branch manager at Vortex Group of Companies, which was eventually acquired by National Pump and Energy. Clint was also the winner of the 2021 Hire and Rental Industry Association Young Professional of the Year. Clint, thank you for coming on the Rental Journal podcast. To kick things off, can you talk to me about how you first became involved in the equipment rental industry? Well, basically, I started in the dewatering industry, specifically 14 years ago, give or take. And then grew from there. And that was, you know, very labor intensive. It's obviously involves pump hire and whatnot, but it wasn't just straight, you know, massive pumps to hire out. It was all part of a service and establishment, whatever the methodology was required for, you know, the dewatering scope. Uh, yeah, so, and I just sort of stumbled across that at the time. Didn't really know what dewatering was and had nothing to do with pumps prior uh, or anything in that sense. And yeah, sort of rolled through there and worked my way up over the um, period of time and it's only been the last probably couple of years where I've expanded in my um, career growth where I've been more sort of assigned and focused on the direct rental side of things you know the bigger pumps the generators the water treatment side of it whatnot I haven't doubted into too much else uh, the compressors and stuff yes um, but just the way our specialist sections have been between the various companies uh, yeah, so that's about when I sort of got involved way back yonder and it's sort of, you know, it's grown to where I am mm. now. Mm. Yeah, so maybe it'd be good to lay the land of what actually is dewatering because there's probably some people out there that are, like you said, are going to say dewatering. What is he talking about? Other, other than someone that might be involved in the industry, they might be interested yeah. to actually understand what it actually means to dewater something. Well, there's all, it depends on the ground, depends on uh, the way it's got to be done small job or big job but the basic principle of it is you need a hole you hit water and we use the right way of of drawing that water out so the typical way it can be done is just with an open pump basically throw it in there dig it lower than what the invert is the bottom of your, your ground level whatever and then turn it on fire it up sucks out the water but a major part of what we do is like uh, well point dewatering as well so you basically, you spear around the perimeter of where you've got to be, whether it's say someone's put, let's, let's a small example. Someone's putting a swimming pool in their backyard. So they might dig down a meter, they hit the water table, but they've got to get down to 1.8 or two meters, you know, the deepest part of a pool. So what we'll come along and do, we'll spear the perimeter using a hand jetty method, depends on the ground, if we need a pre-drill or pre-prod and go every sort of meter around around whatever it is, you know, six by 10, something like that. And the rule of thumb is we always spear 1.5 metres below the invert. And then basically what that does, um, you know, you can sort of see my hands at the moment. So your ground level's here, water table's there, they've got to dig to here. And basically we'll spear 1.5 there. We hook up the ring main on the top, hook it up to a standard dewatering pump for this method, which is say a piston pump or, you know, like a PT90 kind of thing. Uh, and then basically fire that up and run the discharge off to where the allocated um, approved area is. And once it's turned on, that just starts, you know, 
it's just start sucking and cause the cone of depression, drawing the aquifer down temporarily 24 seven until uh, the job's done. So basically they go to dig and it's dry and it actually strangles all the ground as well, tightens it up, uh, which helps the ground support. And once they've done, they put the pool in, they have to make sure they fill the pool up halfway with water. Otherwise, if you turn the pumps off, it can pop the pool out. So that's a small example. And that's the same sort of method on underground car parks, underground basements, all that kind of thing. And that's when you start getting different ways of looking at it, the different engineering things you use in abstraction bores or you're using glass injection to reduce the amount of base heave that's coming up. That's sort of, you know, like actually dewatering the ground. It's the easy part. It's when you start, you got to get discharge approvals. It's getting rid of the water. You got to neutralize the water. It's got different pesticides. It's got different, you know, acid sulfates in it. It's got all different pH levels through the roof. So you to start neutralizing the water with different treatment plants. Uh, mm. That's what we pride ourselves on as well and specialize in uh, with our whole, you know, we've got some mad scientists here, we've got some environmental scientists, uh, really cool guys uh, nationally. Are you spending your Fridays doing manual data entry? What could you replace that time with? Closing more deals? Spending time with family? What if you found a platform that could give you back your time and you got to choose what you wanted to do with it? Arrow is the sales and growth platform built for you. A simple and powerful way to close big deals. Unlock your growth today and visit www.try.rentalarrow.com. Again, that's www.try.rentalarrow.com. Now back to the podcast episode. That's about the basic overall for that and what I've grown with 14 years ago and then expanded to a much larger scale. Yeah, that's an awesome description. I think that's really helpful. So then do you want to talk about how you got involved in the equipment rental industry then, like that side of it? Like what was your first company, your roles, and then where have you come to today? The first company was 14 years ago. It was Mobile Dewatering based here in Perth. And they started in 1994. Uh, I got introduced in 2008, seven or eight, give or take. And basically uh, from there, they also had a sister company called Prestige Pump Rentals, which just focused on a lot of the mining industry for WA. And they were a more rental side of business, but I was focused as a labourer, dewatering technician in the, the Perth Metro civil construction side of infrastructure area. Uh, yeah, and then from that, I was with my dewatering for a, a couple of years. I left in between there, uh, just went underground mining, uh, tried something different, and then I went to um, an FMG mine site. You know, there's a bit more story to that as well. And then ended up going back to mobile dewatering and then... Um, yeah, and they transitioned into um, from some other purchases of other companies and, and corporate entities to Punch United is what they ended up being called ultimately when they had, you know, got some other companies from over east. Uh, and then that from there, they were purchasing other areas of um, generators, which was Rhino Generators purchased them, which was um, uh, Gary Radford. And then and we still had some other services. So that's when they decided to... Um, call it the Vortex Group, still all these underlying pumps, United, Rhino Generators, you had Conher, you had the water treatment and whatnot, all un un underneath it. And this is what we offered. It was the Vortex Group of companies we offered this. So you can see that transition from Mobility Watering for me, Pumps United, um, and then ultimately Vortex Group. Um, and then now, National Pump and Energy, MPE. Hmm. Awesome. Yeah, so I saw that the acquisition happened uh, and that only happened just this year, like very, very, very recently. So what was that transition like? And what's your role today? 
transition, it's oh, there's always challenges. Uh, it's been fantastic. It really has been cool. Everyone here is so accepting. Everyone at, uh, when I say here, like MPE um, employees, we're all now MPE, you know, one. But yeah, it's had its, it was a, it was a big job, especially for Perth, like, because I was branch manager of um, the Perth, uh, which was based in Hazelmere for Vortex Group. That was the biggest nationally for Vortex Group. Uh, and I was the most probably, uh, I would say, amateur in that role. You know, I was new to it. I've uh, been in it for about 18 months. Of course, as I do with everything, I just grasped it all uh, and took it on. Um, and then MPE's biggest branch in their company is also in Perth as well. So it was the two biggest, the two biggest mother hens, so, so to speak. So that had its own challenges to try and incorporate it together. And I wasn't too worried what I was doing because like, because people were worried when it was happening, you know, where people would be with their positions and stability. And I was like, Man, I don't care if I'm sweeping the workshop floor. I'm going to be the best goddamn floor sweeper there ever was. Oh, I'll be there for one day and then they'll see it, you know. If I do, my keep again, which was far from the case, far from the case. And everyone's just been so welcoming and it's been, yeah, a really good journey so far. Uh, it's been, yeah, about three or four months, I think. You know, we just think of like 12 months down the track. We just want to, you know, paint the town green, so to speak, really, because it's just a lot of passion here, a lot of, a lot of experience. Uh, and we just want to make sure that's given out to um, all the people in the industry that need our services because, um, yeah, we're, we're the best at what we do. Awesome. And so what's your role today? Role today is, so I've changed. I went from when I was at Vortex, I was the branch manager. And then when the acquisition happened, I become the depot manager. And then from there, I was approached by um, MPE owner um, Dave Campbell for, they were just discussing with himself and the, the national sales manager and also our Western sales manager and a few other parties on where good direction for Clint White would be. And then it was um, said that they thought with my you know, experience and where I just like to interact and connect. And I was always on the case, like who's going to be covering Perth? Who's going to be covering Perth? Uh, so then they, they put an offer to me as a sales specialist for Perth in the immediate dewatering sector and for general hire. And at first I was sort of like, what? A salesman? Okay. You want me to be a salesman? You know, it's sort of, have I not done very good at my job the last 18 months? Which is far from the case. They said, no, not at all. But they seen something in me that I didn't quite see. So I thought about it for a couple of days and then, um, and then I said, yeah, I'm going to take this on. But in order to take this on, I need three weeks off because I was either burnt out or burning out from my pre-commitment in my branch manager role. So yeah, I had three weeks off and I've been back for two weeks now doing it. And I was going to embrace it no matter what. I'll do whatever I'm asked, but they didn't want me to do whatever I'm asked. They wanted me to genuinely be invested. And I was going to take it on. But to be perfectly frank, I didn't realize how much I bloody enjoy this. It is just, yeah, it is really, really uh, rewarding. I'm two weeks in. I haven't even got started. I'm only scratching the surface and I'm just being me, being honest. And yeah, it's it's exciting for where I want to go with myself for my own success and where I want to um, take the potential of what MPE can can do in Perth. All right. So, so what was it like working for Stephen Donnelly? He's obviously a legend of the industry when, um, when you're at Vortex Group of Companies. And then what's it like working for Dave Campbell at MPE? Well, Steve, I mean, like I got to meet him um, once when he came over because it was all locked down for getting into the state and he was, you know, itching to get over to Perth for so long there. 
And then I got to meet him, I got to show him around our new branch that we had just purpose built and everything. And oh, mate, the guy was just a dude. He was just down to earth. He was just so genuine. Um, he was so invested into, like, interested in actually, like, learning about you, listening to what you had to say when I was explaining him, which just got into a rant about something. And then he would ask a question. It was like, well, geez, this guy's actually listening. And so it would test me, you know, in a good way. Yeah, so that was really because you heard so much about him and everything else and all the stories and, uh, and the industry he's been in for so long and successful in. And I just thought, wow, this is, this is pretty, um, pretty neat to be part of a company that's, um, you know, running, you know, being run and involved by someone like Steve. Yeah, so that was, that was pretty cool. And, uh, and then as for Dave, you know, what's funny, he asked that one because I, um, I actually didn't know who he was when I first met him. And basically we had these, we had these massive mining pumps that we were selling and our legacy thing from Prestige Pump Rentals and Vortex Group was selling. And that was in our Perth yard. And, um, and Andrew Aiken, he, um, he's our um, a director and CEO of Vortex Group originally. Um, and so he, he said, oh, look, we've got this, this, um, this guy's coming in. And I think he did say who it was, but I was that stressed and everything else going on. I wasn't paying attention, you know. I was like, okay, cool. This guy's coming from MPE. I'm like, MPE, all right, sweet. That's our competitor. All right, let's, let's go. Um, the Vortex Group at the time. And yeah, he come to the yard and yeah, get him. Hey, how you doing? I took him out the back and showed him these pumps, and and then um, I ended up just telling him my whole life story. I, you know, I was just I was just gas bagging like, and you know, you've heard me. I'm keen. I'm passionate. I was just telling all my goals and where I'm driving, determination, where I wanted to take my position with the Vortex Group, and uh, yeah, I was telling what I was been doing, where I'm up to, and everything else, and um, just thinking, thought maybe this guy was just a fitter or something at MPE. And then um, and after like a 15, 20 minute spill, I said, oh yeah, so what do you do at the company, mate? And he goes, oh, I own it. I went, oh yeah, it's a pretty big job then. <laughs> I was like, far out. I didn't even realise that. And he knew, he knew I didn't know that. And so I said, geez, if you don't mind, can I have another five minutes of your time? Just want to ask you a couple of, you know, mentoring questions. So I just, you know, bounced off a couple of things. And then, um, yeah, and then I think it was like just after Father's Day, a few months later, he, he gave me a call on the weekend just to touch base. So, Hey Clint, how you doing? Uh, he goes, hey Clint, it's Dave Campbell. How you doing? I'm like, Dave Campbell's ringing me. What's going on here? You know, I said, Yeah, g'day Dave. I'm good, thanks. How are you? And uh, and yeah, and so hey, settling in, you know, with things. This is when I was branch manager of Vortex, changed to MPE. So yeah, going really good, really good. And I said, Who would have thought? You know, because he, he's seen a photo go out from the boardroom at MPE with me in it. You know, I was in the photo. Um, our CFO Jen here took the photo and sent it out. I've seen your, your face in the photo. You know, Tom had a big ginger beard. And, um, and I was like, yeah, yeah, it raised it. Who would have thought, you know, all that months ago when I first met you, I didn't even know who you were. And then now I'm sitting in your boardroom. I knew, you know, he sort of just, he just knew whether what was happening with deals or whatever back then, maybe not, who knows, but he just, he just knew. So that was pretty cool. It was a pretty funny moment. That's so good. It's, it's there yeah. again, it's uh it's probably a good testament to the type of person that you're working for at NPE, NPE now as well. The fact that it was so down to yeah. earth when he came in, uh, Stephen Donnelly, obviously being the legend that he is and, and Dave being the legend that he is uh, great people to work with, let, let alone Andrew Aiken is another legend that you just threw in there as well, by the way. Yeah, no, that's right. And, and Dave was like, yeah, you know, he sort of felt like the undercover boss. Um, I didn't know, I was oblivious. Uh, but yeah, Dave, I'm getting to know him and hearing his stories and 
man, just to be on that side of the fence with someone like that, he is just a machine. He is a machine. He sets awesome examples and just so driven, determination. Like, yeah, it's just um, when I first, when I was meeting, it was like, it was quite daunting to think that is someone who's leading our competitor. I'm like, oh, geez, you know, I really got to lift my game up here. Um, and now to be <laughs> under him, I'm like, yes, let's go. You know, so it's, it's really cool. I love your passion. I can feel your, your energy towards the industry. And that's obviously what Dave Campbell and others would have seen in you and said, look, we need to get Clint on the front line here and really make him the, the window of, of the company in sales. And, and he's got this, this skill about, I can tell you're very passionate about communicating it as well. Like you've got a, a good presence. So to me, do you want to describe what like, I've only been two weeks, but what does a standard day look like then for a sales specialist? What, what, what does a day look like? doing a lot of quoting. Uh, once we get tenders come in, if they go to a, if they're quite significant, send that to our engineering department and they'll look over it to make sure we're capturing everything. So yeah, looking constantly through drawings, uh, constantly seeing the best, me- uh, best methodology needs to be done uh, for the scope of works, quoting up the job, site visits, you know, following up previous jobs that are in the ground, it's been handed over to operations, but making sure they're going okay, getting any and all feedback from clients, good, bad, you name it, want to hear it. Uh, that's, you know, if there's anything that's not quite right, we want to show how reactive we can be in, in response. Because I think that shows a lot of true colours and their true values is how people react when, you know, you know, excuse my friends, but she hears the fan, you know, so pride ourselves on that. Yeah, so day to day, it's sort of a bit of a mixture of that, a, bit, a lot of learning, a lot of learning on major scales in other departments. I just try and just look at that myself. I'm always asking questions even the most smallest minute question that might seem like it's silly, man, I'll, I'll ask that. I'll ask that question because it's even more silly if you don't ask it, you know? Uh, and then, but yeah, it's sort of a mixture of, mixture of that, getting out on the road. Like I'm getting used to all the internal systems we've got, a lot of procedures. I want to make sure everything's captured correctly, uh, adapting quite well there. But yeah, that's about a general mix without going into too much uh, each section. Awesome. No, that's, that's, that's great. And look, behind you, you've got a, a quote that says you can't deposit excuses. So talk to me about that. Look, you know, we've all gone through, everyone's got their own stories. Everyone's got their own day-to-day challenges or troubles they deal with. And we always you know, tend to, uh, it's, it's just human, human reaction to go to an excuse or something like that. You know, it's instant from, you know, something minute or something major. And I just have that up there because I just feel like, we're all, you know, like I said, everyone's got their own thing, but we're all in charge of what we can do, what the what the what we can make of the outcome, um, and you know, I don't want to blame anyone else for what's happened. It's things happen, and I just think, well, you know, don't make excuses because that ain't going to help the bank account, like depositing excuses, so to speak. Yeah, you know, and that's just from from that way of looking at it. I just really, I really liked it. Just gives me that sort of you know, when things are getting tough, like don't make excuses, just look for the positives or look for the best option out of it or where it could be changed or what can, you know, because we're surrounded with a lot of knowledgeable people in the industry. We've got Google at the tap of our hand. You look up there, if you don't know something, Google it, you know, that'll yeah. solve your problem. Don't yeah. self-diagnose medically on Google, but you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Have you always had this positive mindset? I don't know. Maybe. I think so. I, you are the friends you keep. I just try and surround myself with good people. You know, I think that's contagious. You know, there's all different ways of looking at it, the law of attraction and things. Uh, I've always tried to, or not always, but I have, you know, as I've got older, 
you know, like I travel one hour to work just one way every time. So the radio, I love music, man. I'll dance, I'll light up that dance for no problem, but I don't listen to music uh, on that commute. It's it's either audio books and podcasts or with, you know, personal development, self-improvement, anything. I've changed it to, you know, some psychology things, uh, anything. And there might be 99% of things go in one ear, out the other, but you might pick up 1% of what you listen to. And that's one thing you didn't have before, you know? So, um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I've just... I don't know, and it's not really tiring either because it's just me. I make sure I find my namaste or, or get some zen time. But, yeah, I think it's just my natural character, man. Yeah, that, that's really good. I like it. And I, I was listening to your storytellers interview at Higher 21, and something that jumped out at me during that interview was when you said, um, look after yourself, otherwise there'll be nothing left for others. I, I, that really yeah. jumped out at me. Like, what does that mean? What does that mean to you? That was a, to me, that was a good one because that was like a lesson learned. That was, I was still learning that lesson still for several months after that. I'm still coming out of that lesson. Basically for my devotion and commitment. Like, I don't work. I'm just on. That's me. I know there's no clock in, clock off times for me. And that's what whoever I work for gets. Uh, that won't change. I've just got to learn how to balance that. So I burn myself out. I've got to set good examples uh, and I, it's important to have that self-care. My reason why is for at home, I've got responsibilities financially and as commitments and everything uh, for my homestead. And, you know, ultimately if I neglect that, then what's what for, you know, you got your own personal uh, reasons for achievement, but yeah. So uh, that's a, yeah, you have to look after yourself in whatever way it is mentally, physically, you know, uh, otherwise you end up with nothing in the tank. You just, you feel, feel very numb. Uh, you can get very emotional when you don't realize it depends on how you, you know, you get affected by different things. And that just comes from, uh, your passion and commitment, um, and your, your loyalty to what you want to do, because we generally care about what we do, but it can, you know, it can have a knock on effect. It's just something to really be, you know, learn, but, how I struggled with with that is because I didn't want to take my foot off the pedal and I felt if I did, I would lose my mojo, momentum, you know? I was like, well, I need to just be going 100 mile an hour. That's me, you know? But, you know, you can only go 100 mile an hour so much until you run out of fuel yeah. or you a gasket or something like that, you know? Um, and so it took a bit to learn. And after having this couple of weeks off, uh, three weeks off and coming back now, like I'm just so much more chilled into my approach to things, but I am just ticking so much stuff off and getting it done. There are days where you're like, oh, your head's thumping, and that's part and parcel that comes, you know, that's just normal. But yeah, it's important because if you don't look after yourself, no one else is going to do it for you. Yeah, I, I had a guest on the podcast earlier this year. His name is Jamie Hades, and he works for a company called Mr. Traffic Hire. And he spoke about where he was just pushing himself way too far, working long hours, sleeping at work sometimes, like just doing crazy stuff. Yeah. And, and yeah, one day he, he just said to his wife, he, he couldn't get off the couch. Like he yeah. can't go to work. Like he just, yeah. yeah, I think his exact words on the podcast, I've got nothing left. Yeah. And it's like, that can be a dangerous spiral. It can oh, be man. very dangerous yeah. spiral. I was like, you know, if my mum hears this, she'll have a heart attack. But I was nodding off the wheel as well at times, you know, when I was like going back home, things like that. 
um, you know, and that's 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 not good. I don't, you know, it's not good for what's what's that going to do? You know, just going to have a cross on the tree on the side of the highway, and that's the that's the blatant truth because I wasn't managing myself. I had all the support and everyone around me uh, within the company that could see that because I was quite open and put different things in place. Like, you know, I set up my office at home to work from there. But no matter what, I was still just pushing and pushing myself, you know. I'd pull up and I'd, you know, have a snooze in, in my car or sometimes I'd just stay downtown. And as much as everyone wanted me home every night, they would rather me just stay downtown. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hard one. I'm not afraid to let anyone know that. And if they ever ask, I'll speak into it more detail because it's important to, you know, get that out there because, I didn't realize I wasn't the only one. Everyone sort of goes through their own burnout or burning out process, you know? Mm. Was there was there a moment where the lessons started to be learned? Like what was the moment where you realized that this could be a problem? Uh, almost divorced. That's a big one. So yeah, just, and that's basically be, I had just nothing in the tank. I'd just get home and, you know, just had nothing in there for, and for my little fella, you know, like I'm always interacting with him, but you know, I was never short with him or anything like that, but it was just like I wanted to do more, but I was just so just so numb and nothing there. And but and obsessed on like I was always working, 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 working. And it wasn't my own business, you know. One day I'll have something, but at the moment I got an entrepreneurial mindset, you know, entrepreneur um, world, so to speak, for an entrepreneurs. And that's that's cool. But I've you know, that was a bit of a that was you know, not just a flick, that was like a slow transition. And you know, now we've come out of that dynamite. You know that was that was a big one for me, uh, losing, losing that sort of connection with some some family and friends just because I was just so so well mm. and good to be driven and passionate. But yeah, it was this last eighteen months is a big learning curve for me, man, big time. Yeah. Um, no, I really appreciate you being so so honest and transparent. I think it's really important to to get these sort of stories out there for others to listen because some people probably think that they're on their own, and if someone's going through a similar sort of process. It's great for them to hear this sort of story and, and understand that they're not the only one. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Mm. And then on a positive note, so congratulations on winning the HRIA Young Professional of the Year Award. It's a, an yeah. amazing achievement. So that's a notch on your belt. Oh, wait, yeah, we got the yeah. award. Look at that bad boy. Oh, how exciting. Very good. Very good. Very good. <laughs> congratulations. So, even I was <laughs> that's so good. So, do you want to just talk about like what is the Young Professional Network through the Hiram Rental Association? Uh, yep. So, basically, um, Young Professional Network it was a group put together with all different parties from around the country, whether it be uh, branch managers, uh, whether it be different manager roles, different salespeople. And it was about connecting and, you know, bouncing off each other, one another. You're going through different, um, you know, you're always doing, it was all all uh, Teams, uh, Teams or Zoom at that stage. I think it was Zoom because you couldn't really, it was all locked down at those stages when I did it. So that was a way of really interacting quite significantly. I think in the past, a lot of people travelled for it. It was all about just going over the industry, you know, not problems, but, uh, difficulties going through that how and what's the best way to approach it things that i've gone into just now with the personal things and just sharing that i was never i never held back on sharing that um which i think a few people did you know appreciate that and sort of made them feel like cool cool not the only ones but yeah it was all about just interacting with with um one another and getting the best out of yourself 
uh, learning about your disc profile, things like that as well. Uh, and, and just acknowledging of being the up and comers in, in the industry, uh, always embracing change, um, you know, wanting to learn, uh, you know, and that was, you know, that was run by um, Aileen Hiskins and she's amazing. She is, she is a cool lady, man. Yeah, I, I highly recommend that program for anyone who wants to invest into their employees, uh, anyone who wants to invest into themselves. Yeah, it was it was really good, really really good program. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. We actually had Aileen Hiskins on the podcast uh, a couple months ago, and she spoke about strategic alignment training and a few of the programs they got. And she spoke about the Young Professional Network and and whatnot. But yeah, it's it's, it's a great thing that the industry can be provided by the body of the the HRA. Oh, for sure. It helps, it helps you, you know, knock down them comfort walls, so to speak, you know, um, because these up and comers, they get offered an opportunity and they just focus on that. And we sort of get, you know, just not blindsided, but just focused on what the, the task is at hand. And this, this, um, you know, network and course training allows us to slow that down a bit without losing that up speed pace. Uh, and, you know, and really embracing the, the things that need to be done. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, let's learn a little bit more about you as well. So who do you think played a big influence on you from a mentor perspective? Oh, well, um, if I go back way yonder uh, for when I started in this industry, um, yeah, straight up would be a gentleman named James Sebs. Uh, he's the person that took me under his wing with mobile dewatering 14 years ago. Uh, he's played the biggest influence with me personally, in work, out of work. Uh, yeah, he would have to be the from the very start. I was in a very troubled place at my life at that stage when I started. So the lady I'm married to now, I was with her back in the day, but we were with, took about two years to chase her and I finally got her. And then when I got her, I didn't know what to do with her. And then we were dating because she was, I think I was 18 at the time. And, um, and we were dating for two years. And then it just wasn't quite right. We just, like, we met each other in the wrong time of life, you know. And then we, we split up. She, you know, she was, she said, no, nah, I'm going to go a separate way. Man, that threw me around mentally, like, really threw me out, all sorts. And that was the same week that I started with this company, you know. There's a lot of other things that was going on as well in the background, some family issues. And when I went in for the interview, I didn't have a resume. I just went in there with my flannel and my jeans and I was working at local, local meatworks at the time. I didn't even know what dewatering was. I had a mate that was there. He said, come down. I met, I met James and I just spilled out. I just didn't hold back, not looking for anything, just spilled out where I was at. And, you know, his reaction was, is that it? You got any more? And that wasn't in a bad way at all. It was like, hey, you're here. We embrace you for you. If you want to work, you can work. And, you know, we'll support you. It's like, okay, cool. No worries. And that was it. I started and ever since then, yeah, he's been a you know a massive, massive person in my life uh, within the company. He even knew there was some things going on with um, my marriage of the last you know month or two. Uh, and he went out and him and his wife. I'm not sure if you'll appreciate me sharing this, but it's important. And they just went and bought a couple of nights stay at accommodation for my wife and I off his own bat. Say, hey, look, I, I think that you and your missus should just go. You know, little things like that. It just just shows he cares. You know, he's um, goes goes a long way to me. You know, so he would be the OG for me. I've had some really good ones since, but yeah, mm. he's the he's he's the shiner for me. Mm. Awesome, yeah. So it's it's great when people provide 
opportunities for others like that. Like he didn't owe you anything in that situation. You were just some random guy coming off the street, really um, coming from yep. a meat factory. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think it's amazing when I hear those sort of stories. Just a pimple faced little ginger fella. And that was it. Rocked up. And uh, I think I came straight from the meatworks. I hadn't even, I had, you know, blood on my shirt and that, you know. Um, yeah, and it was just sort of, that, that was me. That was just me. And I stuck at it. And yeah, and I worked my way up from being a labourer to project supervisor, project manager, branch manager, depot manager, now sales specialist in this particular um, part of the company. So he's seen something in me. It's amazing. No, you should be really proud of yourself for that progression you've made as well. It's a, it's a good achievement. And the trajectory that you're on at the moment, it's, it's quite high. So just keep driving. Yeah, no, that's it. And I think it's a good move what, I, what I'm doing at the moment. Um, I'm focusing back on this that specialty type of area of the company and it's going to allow me some massive areas to learn from um, so many more other parties with experience on a broader aspect of our pumping rental and generator game, you know? Yeah, so which is... Yeah, I'm just I'm like a sponge. I just want to absorb it all, and then um, yeah, and then go from there. Awesome. So, if you could give some advice to your younger self, let's say yourself at the at the Meatworks factory, what would you say? Embrace change as it's guaranteed. You won't be so let down when changes do happen. You know, be kind to everyone around you. Be kind to everyone. You know. Uh, you meet people on the way up, you're going to meet them again on the way back down. Um, doesn't matter what the status is. There's a saying in a mem, you know, the janitor and the CEO, treat them all with the same respect. Man, for sure, you treat anyone, everyone. Shake their hand, woman, man, whatever. Doesn't matter, you know. Treat them with respect, use your manners. Some people may not know how to take that and they're, you know, not a very good handshake or they, they, they don't respond back very good. That doesn't matter, that's fine. You know, maybe they're not the best people skills. Some of the best doctor specialists in the world open heart surgery, but they don't know how to talk to a person, but they're amazing what they do. So, you know, just be kind to everyone, you know, embrace change and don't think you know it all. And, you know, don't be afraid. Everyone's different, but don't be afraid to wear your heart and your sleeve at some stages and it will get hurt. But that, if that is who you are, don't change that, you know. Yeah, that would be... Something along the lines, I'll tell my younger ginger self. <laughs> younger ginger self, I like it. Well, well, when, you, <laughs> well when, you, when you think about it, but when you walked into that, that interview and you went through that process, mm-hmm. like wh- where did you think you were going to be in 15 years or 10 years, like before oh, that interview? No idea. Like my, my parents, I was fortunate enough to be put through, you know, some good private schools like Guildford Grammar Preparatoria here in Perth and Swan Christian College. Went all the way through, graduated, uh, didn't know what I wanted to do at the time. Uh, so I just went to the local meatworks and got a job there. Worked there for several years and then the dewatering came up. I had I always had goals and ambitions and didn't know really what I wanted to do, but just whatever I was going to be doing, I was going to give it the best and embrace it for where it goes. You know, I don't really always like to, It's good, I always have goals, but I don't like to set a goal too much because it's in a way to me, only to me, may not to be others, it sets a limitation, you know, it depends how you look at it. You have a goal. Cool. I have my goals. It's not a limitation. You know, sometimes I like to just go above and beyond. Um, yeah. I didn't know where I was going to be. Mate. I didn't know I'd be privileged enough to sit here talking with you, spin the yarn. This is pretty cool, <laughs> but you know, I'm just being me. It's got me to where I am and it's going to get me to where I'm going. And 
I'm not, I'm only just getting started. I'm just sitting at that start line. I've just, I'm just I've dropped the clutch and spin the wheels, doing a burnout, but I haven't even taken off yet, you know? Um, and where I give that energy is where I am now, where it will be in the future is where it will be in the future. Um, I don't know, but it will be bloody good. I'll tell you that for free. That's amazing. Well, that leads into our next question then. So how do you define success? Okay. Uh, that's a good question. So definitely not financial wealth. That's me. Uh, it's a big driver for people. You know, uh, it's always good to have that kind of thing. Pusher. Um, I would define it to me. I've learned over time. I think it's simply the accomplishment of a goal uh, or purpose with what I'm aiming for. That that is success. The accomplishment of that, and this goes from a small goal with creating your daily habits, which is either making your bed or or brushing your teeth, build things like that, take for granted, whatever. It's, it all constantly plays a, a toll in the ultimate bigger picture, you know. Uh, so I, you know, because that daily habits ultimately transform us. But I also believe that failing at something, right? that which results in somewhat a bad outcome and learning from that is success. That mm. is a big one. Um, who is it? There's someone that, promote, oh, that um, Thomas Edison, he's a perfect example of, of this, right? Because I think it was in the 1920s, a journalist asked Thomas Edison how it felt to fail a thousand times in his attempt to invent the light bulb. He replied, I didn't fail a thousand times. The light bulb was an invention with a thousand steps. You know, like, the way his mentality looked at that. It was just like, you know, you get all different famous people, you know, Colonel Sanders, no one wanted to take on his recipes and, and kept just pursuing, pursuing, and pursuing. And he got it with KFC now, you know, look at Walt Disney. No banks wanted to lend him the money. No one let lend him the money, to, you know, take on what he's seen. Then he passed away and then it all kicked off the way it did. And then his um, people, you know, used to say to his family and friends, oh, wouldn't Walt love to see this? And their answer was, Walt's seen this and envisioned it a long time ago, you know, the creation. Um, you know, just persevering. And so I, I see failure as success if you look at it the right way. There's all different examples and it's not always mm. the case, of course, but ultimately, yes, yeah, so I define success from the small things to achievements to the big things because small leads to big, you know. Does yeah. that make sense? Oh, 100%. It's almost like a swimming pool. Like you got to jump in to figure it out. Yeah. You can't just look at the swimming pool from the outside and figure out if it's cold. You got to, you got to exactly. tip your toe in there and, and see, Hey, yep. what am I good at? What am I bad at? How can I improve? How can I get um, mentors to help me along the way to guide me? Uh, we'll speak yep. about it before the podcast about how much Gil has sort of influenced you uh, in, in the couple of years that he managed you. Like all those yep. sort of things I think are really important uh, around putting yourself out there and not just like putting yourself in a box and being afraid to take little chances or even big chances sometimes on yeah. certain things, whether it's personal or business. Yeah. And on that swimming pool, don't forget, if you need that dewatered, call Clint White. I'll sort that out. <laughs> All things lead to the biggest things, you know, because we've had some jobs where it would, we'd go to a house, flash area, dewater a swimming pool, just give it the best of everything you can. Well, that person is the top CEO of a you know more mining magnet. You know what I mean? Like they, you just don't know who or what. And then you know we got an opportunity to go up on. This is a long time ago to go up on the site because just he was happy with what our guys has done in his backyard. You know, so awesome. you just never know. crazy, crazy story. Tip for your sales guys out there: 
treat every customer the same. Yeah, yeah, that's it, 100%. Yeah, awesome. All right, Clint, well, thank you for coming on the Rental Journal podcast. Well, absolute pleasure, mate. It's been uh, been a privilege. This podcast episode was brought to you by our premier partner, Ken Artire.